Welcome to the Product Makers Podcast, where we interview and have open conversations with product makers and leaders from both large enterprises and startups about their experiences in growing successful products, teams, and companies around the world. Today, my guest is Annette Eckert. Annette has over 20 years of product and consulting experience. Her journey includes leading innovation and change across various industries, driving strategic product development, and setting up effective product teams through her experiences. Her focus is now centered on empowering senior product leaders and establishing successful, product-driven, and customer-focused organization. In this episode, we discuss what it takes for a leader to drive organizational change, with a real focus on moving to more of a product operating model, which we know is top of mind for a lot of companies at the moment. I ask Annette for her perspective on the signals a leader needs to be aware of to know it's time to kickstart a change process, what steps a leader and organization needs to take to drive effective change and how to spur innovation in your company. The goal of this episode is to help leaders and those frustrated with slow progress of change on what you can start doing today. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome, Annette. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode today. Where are you dialing in from? Uh, I'm in Valencia, Spain. Awesome. All right. Today, we have a really interesting topic and a lot of folks yesterday, so I attended CPO Summit. One of the probably biggest topics, probably ongoing topics or trends that folks are talking about at the moment is organizational change. How do we, how do we approach it? How do we know we're doing it right? How do we go faster? So I'm really eager to dive into this today um, with your experience. But however, before we jump into it, what I do with all my guests is I ask them uh, a couple quick fire questions, you know, just just for them to be able to get to know you and for us to warm the waters a little bit. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Does that sound all right? Yep, sure. Fire away. All right. I love this one. What's your favorite beverage? It can be anything. And it's coffee. I can't I can't survive a day without coffee in the morning and probably one in the afternoon. But um, also the good thing in Spain, they have really good coffee. I really love just drinking coffee here, sitting in the sun and drinking coffee. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm just picturing you sitting in the sun. I'm here in London now and it's freezing today. Uh, um, so <laughs> awesome. All right. What's your favorite travel destination and why? Yeah, it's going to be South Africa. So I spent this year, like, yeah, still this year, four weeks there. I'm also going to go back for three months. And I'm just really love the atmosphere there. There's a lot of stuff happening. And there are a lot of, like, very inspirational people there. And, uh, yeah, and also you have penguins and lions and all that. So it's beautiful. The people, landscape, everything. Just loving it. Brilliant. What's your favorite product at the moment? TikTok. <laughs> I know probably everyone says that, but uh, I I think I'm into TikTok for like two years and I'm learning so much about it. Also, I'm most uh, a leadership coach, so I'm also following a lot of other leadership coaches there. So it's it feels like I'm part of a community based on on the the, the videos I'm choosing from, and I think it's a it's like just an amazing product. Ah, cool. So you're actually able to you're using it to connect and both learn about topics yeah i mean i'm also watching something when videos for sure but <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but also it's a lot about for me for learning about new things and also keeping up with things 
I love asking product leaders this question. What's one overhyped product topic or trend that's going around at the moment that you think? Yeah, that's probably a hot take, but it's for me AI. And I need to explain this before everyone comes for me and says like, that's not overhyped. Um, I see a lot of companies um, who want to jump on the AI train, but they're actually not ready, right? When you don't have internal processes, which are are repeatable and scalable and can be automated, AI is not going to work for you. So you have to do the work, work on your internal processes before you start talking about AI. And also it's about, it's really important that you have like really human-faced and human-centered processes in order to use that for AI in the future. And I think a lot of companies need to put in a lot of work before they can even start working with AI. When this is all given and they have this amazing processes, like uh, translating them into AI process and using that, that's going to be amazing. But I think there are a lot of companies still have to put in the work in here. One thing I'm curious on, and we can dive a little bit more into this, is do you feel like the explosion of ChatGPT and especially using it as a consumer tool, do you, do you feel like this new technology and how easy it is for us to access may help accelerate transformation in companies? Uh, I hope so. Yes. I mean, I've seen, I, I definitely think so. I mean, for this, you really have to great, have to have great product managers and product leaders to really guide you through that. I think that's the job and that's the future job, like or already happening of product managers and product leaders really using AI to accelerate these kind of processes and really work on making them human-centered and really product-led. That, that makes sense. All right. What's one thing you've changed recently in how you approach your work that's made a difference? Uh, this is a very <laughs> easy thing. So uh, one thing what I do, and I found this out from someone on LinkedIn, is I have another way how I structure my week. I usually have uh, my Sunday evening structuring my next week. And there is a, like a very easy uh, kind of framework I'm using. And you use a, a paper, a piece of paper, really like to go back to using piece of paper because before I put everything in Notion and now I'm feeling it works better on, uh, on a piece of paper. And on one side, you have important things who can't wait, wait and you need to do them. On the other side, you put things in there who are important and can wait. And then you have things which are easy to do. And this really helps because I'm usually, I like to do my lists, right? I love to do them and then also check, checking them when I'm done. But this really helps me to focus on the things which are uh, either uh, important or easy to do. And the other things, they're just, I do them when I have time or do them the next week. So that really helps to have kind of this kind of prioritization in my head and not getting overwhelmed so easy. Great. Love it. All right. And finally... What's your advice on having a successful career? Uh, yeah, so this is always just like when you go back and we'll talk to you. I think it's about timing for me. It's really about uh, some things just going to take more time than others and you need to be more patient. That is something often advice I would give myself. Like don't be so impatient. Don't compare yourself to others that much. Um, and just you need to find your own way in your own uh, being your and still being your authentic self. I think that's also something very important to me. You you, you can't keep up being not your authentic self and trying to have a career because it's going to drain you. 
Yeah, I completely agree. You got to keep the the fire going and do things you're passionate about. Not try and not compare yourself. Uh, really, it's uh, awesome reminder for our audience. All right, so let's yeah, let's jump straight into it and start tackling um, this topic that we're going to talk about. So we're going to dive into the role of product leadership and organizational transformation. And I think to help frame this conversation for our listeners, what do you mean by organizational transformation? Is it digital transformation? Because that's certainly something we talk a lot about. Like, how do you see those two, I guess, terms or uh, approaches? Yeah, I don't want to use digital transformation because I think when you are a CPO or a head of product, you usually work in a company which are already kind of digital in a way. Um, so it's more about, um, I like in March, I talked to um, like 15 different kind of product leaders that came from different industries, they had different kind of levels, some were CPOs, other were director, and I asked them always the same question. The first question was, so what is the biggest challenge you have right now? And every single one was saying, actually, I can't really deliver products. People laugh because the, my the internal processes of the company I'm working in, they, they're not set up for that. They're not human-centered. They're not product-led. That's not going to work for me. I'm working in a feature factory, which I hate. And it's more into direction of like, how can we... Uh, have internal innovation processes in order to deliver amazing products. Right. Okay. So just to summarize and make sure I'm following correctly, you, you see it as more of a, how do we improve the quality of what we're shipping and making sure that it, it's actually something that customer needs? Is that kind of how you see it boiling down? Yeah. And you need to uh, restructure the company. Usually we have a lot, there's not enough collaboration. There's a lot of like old legacy systems and also not the culture they need in order to get there. I know it's a long explanation. I also would like to put it perhaps in two words, but I don't want to call it, perhaps it's like product or design transformation or digital transformation. I don't really like to use that much. So it's something in between. I saw recently on LinkedIn that in a speech with Marty Kagan recently, and he, he's been spending a lot of time at this and he from memory, he had digital transformation and then he crossed it out and he said, this is more about organizations moving to more of a product operating model. Yeah, I've seen the same one. Yeah, that, that's yeah, that's it. Yeah. And so you spoke a little bit about some of the triggers for companies to want to start this transformation. In, in your experience, like what, you know, what are, what's some of that evidence that you've seen in terms of a company being like, right, we really need to make some changes here. Like, is it, is it a change of leadership coming through? Is it them perhaps improving their instrumentations that they're really measuring what's going on and they're seeing signals that they don't like or that aren't impacting the business? What are some of those, I guess, triggers that, that you've seen that folks should look out for? So when I start working with a client on transformation and this product operation, this or product org design, I usually do an assessment and assessment is really often about finding out how much of like the vision and the strategy you're doing and how much of the execution, how much do they align? Because this is what I see in a lot of companies. They have their huge product strategy or in general, their strategy, and then looking at the outcome, there is a disconnect in there. So this, this is for me, the first sign of seeing like something needs to change. Also what I was saying before, not not having scalable and repeatable processes is something what I see a lot. Then also like employee retention. When I see a lot of people leaving all the time, 
and you just onboard new people all the time, there's also like something not okay. And then also obviously to like uh, having like have, having no innovation in there. A lot of companies just copy what I've seen in our other companies and there is no real innovation in the room anymore. So I think these are the biggest, yeah, red flags for me when I see like this is happening or not happening, that there is uh, really uh, room for improvement and they really not need to start with a transformation process. Now that makes a lot of sense. And I think the the employee retention one is, is an interesting perspective and perhaps something that companies don't think enough about in terms of them needing to, to to make that change, that transformation in terms of moving to this operating model versus, say, suspecting it might be under other underlying issues. One thing you mentioned that I'd love to get your perspective on is when companies are struggling to innovate, what do you feel are some of the main reasons of why they can't innovate? Um, I see there is, um, I think it's it's a lack of collaboration. It's it's really often that I see everyone sits in their own cubicle or virtual cubicle and they're doing their thing and it's not connected with other parts of the company. So I think that's a like they, that's a really big thing. Also that there is no data mindset um, in the company. So everyone there is some data but often not the right data, then there is an overwhelm that they don't hire the right people to really work with data. So you need, in order to innovate, you need to understand what the customers or your, your users do in order to be better. So I think that, and also an experimentation culture. If there is an experimentation culture missing, then I see that this is also really like a big problem. Innovation doesn't work if there is no experimentation, no failure. That's That needs to be really the base of your company in order to be competitive in the future and really drive innovation. This is a topic that we spoke a little bit about yesterday at the CPO Summit and one of the suggestions that came from the audience, um, I completely completely agree with, with kind of some of those points that you're making and someone in the audience mentioned you need to let the team work on some of their own ideas and they need to be able to have that sense of empowerment with the right guardrails, but for them to be able to kind of champion and work on their own ideas spurs that innovation as well. And if they're not having that opportunity, and I think that's why like some of the some of the tactics that folks were speaking about yesterday was like the importance of having these hackathon sessions and times for folks to innovate. So I feel like that that's probably another thing that companies need to focus on as well. Yeah, I think switching gears a little bit to the role of leaders and product leaders in kind of transitioning and this organization transition, like what, what role do you see them playing in terms of aligning their product strategy with kind of the broader company goals and I guess their overall role in this process of this organization change? Um, yeah, so I wanted to start with something because a lot of people say, why should product be the one who drives that. So there was a study done, which I wanted to share in last year in 2022, which was, um, um, and they found out that product teams in leading companies are almost two times more likely to take charge of digital transformation. Here they use digital transformation compared to other companies. So 61% of leading companies using product teams and also their product leaders in order to drive transformation. And I think that's a really good sign of like that because they have the tool set and also 
they have the biggest pain point if this is not going to happen. So I think for me, it's important to understand why should product leaders, uh, CPOs, uh, uh, director of products be in that process? Because I mean, obviously they also need to deliver products, but um, I think that's a, that's a really good number to um, also convince other people to say like, well, the, this person should be the driving force of transformation in your company. And um, how they can do this is, I mean, the first is really about being a thought leader in this in this area. I think that's really important. And also um, giving, being the person who is a good role model in, in, in a lot of the, these things, because transformation starts out with changing the culture of things. So I think that's a, a super important. And um, I'm... I'm also like a huge fan of like initiatives in this area. So if this is something like a strategic initiative, that the product leader is really leading that. And also I think that product leaders are really good and combining different kind of areas of the company. So they should be the ones who like building bridges to other areas. And transformation is not going to work if just product is going to push for that. So they need to really build bridges to other areas of the company, marketing, sales. They need to be part of that. But I still think that a product person should be the thought leader the, or the real leader of this transformation initiative. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the person championing this change, so let's say it's, it's a product leader. With the companies you've worked with, has that change I guess on the average come from more people who are working inside the company who have been there for a while, or is it generally folks that are joining new blood, new ideas? Like, have you seen any patterns in terms of who's able to drive that change? That's a, that's a good question. So usually people who just joined are the ones who more, are more passionate about it because they see all the problems in the company, having someone who is in the, in the lead who already worked there for 10 years makes sometimes more sense because they know everyone or like perhaps that can, there also can be two people in there, right? The person who just joined, who's just really passionate about it and also knows from outside what would work better. Uh, but also having someone in the back who is really helping you with change because you will have people there who are not going to be happy with that. And they're the ones who can really reach out to these people who are not happy about it and talk to them and bring them on your side to really be part of that transformation, which is really important to have that on your roadmap as part of your change. No, I, I, I like that approach of having it as an initiative that needs to be driven. I think that's a really good kind of tactic that, that companies can use. What other, I guess, frameworks or tactics would you recommend for companies to start thinking about how they approach this and, and how they do it? Is there anything that you, uh, I guess, in your experience, keep going back to that you find work? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of lean change management. And uh, it's really coming from like the lean startup uh, idea. And it's also the, I think what I really love about that idea is that uh, change is uh, happening from both sides. So it's it's a top-down and a bottom-up approach. So top-down is more changing culture, uh, also behavior on what is C-level. Uh, but then the real change is coming from the teams, specifically product teams. That means everything is set up as experiments. You, sometimes it's helping to have a product team, which is like the, the perfect 
set up right with the right roles in there with the right accountability and then they have uh, experiments which are really measured you have like firstly you have a big vision you have your three main topics you're going to work on you have success factors for this and then you break them down into smaller experiments and then you see do they work and they're not working what have we learned during this time and how can we when it was successful either learn from this when it was not successful for the next sprint or then uh, changing it or then scaling it to other product teams if this was successful. Right, okay. And, and in terms of running this experiment to try and help, I guess, shift the mindset to have more of like a product operating model, do you see what's the scope of that experiment? Like, is it is it the the features that you're delivering and how they're performing or is it the ceremonies the teams are using i guess what what would you look at in terms of measuring success in terms of new ways of working is it a mixture of delivery and process improvements okay how, how do you bundle that up uh so you kind of asking for the success factors here and this is really depending on the company so this is what you do first and this is the one from the whole experience from like really doing leading transformation projects this is the most difficult part. What are the success factors and how do we gonna measure these? Is it throughput time, for example? Is that one thing? Is it more uh, employee retention? And this is really because I remember I had a client where I got a list, like a Excel sheet of like 20 different things or 200 things they wanted to change. So it was basically, they were just handing this over to me and saying like, well, we want to have a next, the next, uh, we want to have a transformation. You're going to lead this. And these are the things we want to get changed, which obviously didn't work. So we bre we're breaking it down to like three major things and then finding out what are the success factor for like, let's say, um, execution time or something like that. Throughput time, for example, or culture was, was culture when you want to say like, we want to change the way we're working together. It's really often retention rates yeah. or NPS, which is like an em uh, employee NPS or something like that. So it's really depending on what is actually your problem, what you want to measure in the end. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd imagine that uh, this is a bit of a tricky question. There's probably no right answer to it, but uh, I'd love to, based on your experience, I'd love to know how you've thought about it with with the companies you've worked with. Worked with. So I think for some companies, this process might take a long time. And for others, it might be quite quick. And I'm sure there's probably a few in the middle. How do you make sure that that momentum continues? And what are some of those, I guess, smaller signals that you might look at to be like, oh, you know what? This is worth it. We should keep doing what we're doing, but it's going to be really painful. Like, how do you, I guess, yeah, how do you coach or work with the teams on that? I mean, I always start with quick wins, right? Everyone who ever led any transformation or change management always starts with quick wins. And you always have to find a way. This is also what I see in a lot of companies that they don't celebrate their quick wins or their small wins. So really having specific celebrations for small wins. And um, that's also going to help you with everyone who is will, will be against the transformation or is 
going to be concerned about it. It's really about that. Measurement is firstly done. You know, you're going to have a roadmap for that. You cannot just do that without any vision or roadmap. So for every change, you will have a change vision, how your company is going to look like after you've done with that, even though it's it's a journey, right? It's not something, there's no end state for that. So um, so you want to have, you're going to have a vision, you have a change roadmap. But the thing with lean uh, change management is that it's not going to be set in stone. It's not going to, it's more like an experimentation roadmap you're going to have. And then again, you have to start with quick wins. The good thing is that you have um, um, something, it's all set up also in sprints. So someone will experiment on something and then they're presented to the whole team. And uh, when they have like two to four weeks, there will be an outcome for that and you will celebrate it if this was um, successful. So it's really about like looking at a bigger picture and have like clearly defined success factors, but also working with the teams. And also you, you are guiding the teams. The teams, are they're the ones who are going to do the experiments and celebrate this in the end. And um, if you start with this celebration culture, I mean, then it's going to be people will, will see that this is going to be um, something they want to keep on doing. I really like that that point you made around not only needing the roadmap for change, but also the, the change vision and what the company could look like after that. And I feel like perhaps that's a bit of a missing ingredient that some companies uh, perhaps either don't think of or, or, or perhaps uh, undervalue. What would that just look like a normal kind of product vision document type thing in terms of the change? Is that how you would approach it? Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. And um, you have to check that you have the right people in the room to to write this. Is also it's going to be also changing <laughs> when you're finding something out, doing the experimentation. And I mean, it has to the experimentations always have to be linked to the your change roadmap. So this is important. So you have to understand. But the teams in the end they will do the um, prioritization of that. So and that's also important. It's not some, some the, the, the CPO is not going there and say like, well, that's our, how we're going to prioritize this. There will be criteria, which the CPO will define for sure, or the person who is in charge of this uh, transformation. But you have to keep, they, they know what is the biggest pain points they have. Mm-hmm. So this is also important. They should work on things which are the most challenging for them and um, that makes it also easier to kind of sell that like you have a big problem with that let's run an experiment how should the experiment look like what's the outcome and this is really also helping them to understand that this is something which comes from above like someone is telling them we need, we need to change it's really them and this is what i really love about this kind of approach we've got a couple minutes left here but we spoke a little bit about some of the reasons why it would be challenging to, I guess, speed up the delivery of features and capabilities that kind of have a real impact. And we you mentioned collaboration, um, perhaps folks not wanting to kind of change how they're working. What are some of the other reasons that, that you're seeing that why companies aren't moving as, as fast as they would like to? Like, what are some of those behaviors that leaders should be looking out for to to want to change as part of this overall transformation? Um, so when I do leadership coaching, the product leaders, what I see often is time management and overwhelm. So they are really swamped with a lot of things which are not important. 
So it's really prioritization. Um, really often perfectionism is as well. So like things have to be 100% before they think it's done. Or, you know, as a consultant, you usually have the other approach. You start with 40, 60 and 80%. And by 80%, you decide the 20% more doesn't really will count in the end. So like giving them another perspective to approach things. So this is something what I see. And then also not having space for innovation. This is also something what I see. They they are so hands-on every day. And um, it's depending on the company culture and how big the companies are. But if they are hands-on every day, they don't have time for strategy. They're not, they're not making time for strategy. They don't have room for innovation. And I think that's that's a very important factor here. That makes a ton of sense. And even in my own world, some of those, um, I guess, behaviors you outlined were, were good reminders. So hopefully listeners took a little bit about that from as well. All right, we covered a lot of ground. We're, we're actually all, almost at time. I, I really enjoyed, yeah, your perspective on this. And I think you provided some really good examples and, and ways of thinking about how leaders can start to shift towards this operating model. I know there's going to be a ton of other questions off the back of it. So what I would do is I would encourage our listeners to make sure that they uh, connect with us in the community and also reach out to yourself. So I've got two final questions for you before we wrap up today. How can listeners help you moving forward? Um, yeah, just reach out to me on LinkedIn and um, yeah, connect with me there. Um, you can also, there is a way that I have my Calendly link. So if you have any questions, I'm super excited or very passionate about the topic. So if you have any questions, you need support with that, please reach out. You can also schedule a call with me and yeah, that would be great to do. Brilliant. All right. Well, Annette, thank you very much for joining us on the episode today. Uh, Really appreciate your thoughts and your time with us today and enjoy the sun in Spain. I will. Thank you so much. Have a lovely day. Thanks. Bye.